I mean, I was a wild child. I yeah. I was rebellious and got into things that, you know, only lead you down one road. And fortunately, I guess the 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 good part is by the time I was 18, I was ready for a change and yeah. I I willingly went to rehab. So Let's dig through the mud together We're so glad you're here Join us here each week For Mudlark Welcome to Mudlark. I'm your host, Danny Boltz, and I started this podcast because I believe that our stories are what connect us, especially the darker, more challenging parts of them. The times in my life where I felt the most deeply connected and okay are within those moments of truth speaking and ruthless vulnerability with another person. Here we talk about topics surrounding inner child, addiction, friendship love, sex, creativity, connection, community. Really, this is the place where we talk about all the things, especially the things that are sometimes just simply hard to talk about. I'm not here to bring you big names, you guys. I'm here to bring you big topics. And now it's time for us to dig through the mud together. Let's go. Hey, you guys. So glad you're here. Welcome to Mudlark. I'm really excited to share today's conversation with Kristen Cruz, who just happens to be my mom. We had a really deep conversation about my mom's life and her experience with losing my dad to short-term memory loss when she was like 20 years old. Um, you, You might notice I was really like caught off guard a couple of times because I learned some things about my mom that I just I've never known you guys and there were a couple spots too where I asked her some questions that made her really uncomfortable and I guess it's like you know we just learn it we have a lifetime to learn about the people we are closest to and I hope that this episode really inspires you to go deep with the ones you love in whatever way feels comfortable to you. But we, I I feel like our power lies in our ability to connect and speak our truth. And without further ado, let's just get on to the show. It's great. And I can't wait for you to get to know Kristen a little bit more. I'll see you on the other side. In the intro of the podcast, one thing that I say is like, I believe that our stories are what connect us. So I think it's really important to give people a little bit of our background and upbringing, um, just to kind of paint the picture of who Kristen Cruz is. So why don't you just tell a little bit about yourself? Like how old are you? Where, where were you born? Okay. Um, I can do that. (laughs) Like I know that pretty well. So I, was born I, w- I actually was adopted and I have an older sister three years older than me I spent the first portion of my childhood in Minnesota 
And then our family moved to Hillsborough. Yeah. Well, did you always know that you were adopted? I did. Yes. That's something my parents always made sure I knew. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a huge part of who you are that I always forget. Um, for those is. of you who don't know, this is my mom um, <laughs> that I'm talking to yes. <laughs> right now. Um, but that that just seems like an important thing to point out. It you're, is. You're it's adopted. a piece in the puzzle for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have two daughters, Danielle, obviously, and then I have a 25-year-old daughter named Sasha. <laughs> Sasha! I was a young mom, so <laughs> I had Danielle when I was 20, and um, I'm currently in a relatively new marriage. It'll be five years mm-hmm. this September. I've got two stepkids who are 25 and 23. A bunch of adult children. Adult children, yep. Is that a weird thing to, to think about, that we're all just old? Too? It is, because I feel like I'm still in my 20s in a lot of ways. So, yeah, it's yeah. pretty strange. Mm. So, But I'm, you know, I spent a lot of years, I spent most of my life working, and I haven't worked. Well, I guess I did. I, I left my job at Timberline, where I'd been for 10 years, uh, about a year after I got married, for, for different reasons, and... My husband very generously said, you know, you don't need to work. Why don't you take some time to explore things that you're interested <laughs> in, which I've never had a chance to do yeah. um, as a most mostly single mother. Definitely single mother. I just worked and tried to take care of my kids. So um, what that kind of led me to was fitness and not long after leaving my job, I joined a, a gym where I ended up working for three years. And what's and the name of the gym? It, it was called Nine Round. It's, it's no longer here. Unfortunately, the business didn't succeed in Sandy. But it opened me up to other things. So, Yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah. I remember when you started working there and for the majority of my life, you like, were like the anti-workout yep. queen. You're like, I'm not moving. Yep. Like, no, thing. I mean, you did like Taibo in the nineties and yep. you did things like that, but it wasn't a priority. It's not something I ever, I guess I always felt like that was a, a luxury yeah. to be able to take care of myself in that way. Yeah. Um, not realizing it probably would have helped me tremendously. Right. Um, but you're but like, I'm learning that I've learned yeah. that now. So yeah, that's so good. Yeah, it's it's a different world to see you in. And you just recently um, trained for a really big, amazing event. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, so through my just in the past few years, kind of exploration um, of health and fitness, I I took an interest in mixed martial arts, uh, jujitsu specifically. And that kind of led me to a program that I had, had heard about called Wimp to Warrior, which is basically kind of average Joe people that are thrown into just full immersion training in all mixed martial arts. And I did this for seven months. And then kind of the graduation from the program is to actually be 
in a cage fight, which I was. <laughs> like you do. At the Rosen Theater. <laughs> and so I did that in May. And um, I don't know. It, it's, it still doesn't really seem real that I did that. It was terrifying and exciting and fulfilling. Why I, Why don't you try to, like, paint the picture of, like, right before your fight? So, like, we are at the Roseland Theater in downtown Portland. My mom is 50 years old. Yep. And she had to arrive, what, hours, yeah, hours Yeah, I think before. I had to be there at 3 o'clock. And, and the show didn't start until 7. I don't think I went on. I was the 10th fight of the night. So, I don't know. Maybe I went on around <laughs> 9 o'clock. Yeah. Um, lots of time to just sit in your nerves. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was nerve wracking. I didn't eat much that day because I was so nervous. So I was hungry. I was shaking. I was sweating and sitting in the basement of the Roseland theater (laughs) with, you know, 30, MMA fighters, mostly men. You're like, what is actually happening right now? (laughs) What is happening? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think at some point my mind just broke (laughs) and I kind of lost the nerves. You know, you just, I I just wore myself out, you know? You're like, here we go. This is happening. I'm not getting out of this. This is, (laughs) this is going to happen. So, um, you know, really, ultimately, my goal was to just do it. it. It wasn't, I have to prove that I'm a badass, or I have to do anything. I just, my goal was to do it. And, and you did. And I did. <laughs> you know, of course, I and I didn't win, which I'm totally okay with. I, yes, there, there's that I think everyone has this after something, anything, you kind of beat yourself up and say, why didn't I do this? Or why didn't I do that? But considering the the situation and the adrenaline and being in front of a crowd that big and all of those factors that were new to me, um, I think I did okay. <laughs> you did amazingly well. And it was probably one of the most like empowering slash (laughs) scariest fucking things I've ever experienced in my life. You and me both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like that mix of like, holy shit. Like look at my mom up there in this strong body in this cage in front of all of these people, which being in front of people is also like a really new thing. Never done it. You've never done it. Never done it. Yeah. And so that was probably a piece of, I mean, just like wanting to do something like that. That's so new. Yep, it was. And I don't know. I think that might have been scarier to me than the actual fight itself. Um, Mm. Because I was so comfortable in, in what I'd learned in my training that, yeah, it was more the jitters and the nerves and being just... In front of how many people? The center of there, it was a 2,000. No, I think that's the capacity. So, 2,000 people. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And it's fast and it's furious and 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 then it's over. Yeah. (laughs) It was really, really amazing to watch you do that. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of, I've had a lot of time to think about it afterwards. I have continued 
uh, training. I've slowed it down, kind of gave my body a break because it was it was pretty grueling, uh, especially, you know, an older body. You're more, I think, prone to injuries. And I did deal with some injuries, but mm. um, I would probably do it again if if the right situation presented itself. I would do it again. And now that some time has passed, you can say that, hey you know, maybe I would do that again. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and showcase, feel, you know, have an opportunity to kind of showcase my skills a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't feel like I did that first time. Because of all the nerves. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, you know. I couldn't do what you did. I put on kind of a show. I did okay. (laughs) But I think I could do better. So. Um, And I will put a link to maybe not the show, but some of the photos from her fight in um the show notes so you guys will see some of the action shots of her and it's really amazing and it is an ongoing program they are actually auditioning you said it's wimp to warrior wimp to warrior um they're auditioning in september for for a new season okay you guys that's like um the same month the podcast is going to come out maybe you will get on this at that point. Yep. And it's and it's through SBG Gym in okay. Portland. So SBG Gym. And I'll also link that in the show notes. Yep. The people that I got I had the I was so lucky to be able to meet my mom's coaches. Um they came out for a barbecue. It's kind of like this end of the whole season work, whatever. Um, just like a celebratory barbecue. They were literally they were the nicest people. Like um Hi and I will probably spend time with one of the main like couples is one of the coaches they're they're so great um but with being 50 years old um did it feel like was that a part of this was that a part of yeah there's there's a lot of parts to it um I kind of want to touch on the different parts that led me down that path um please do you know what originally like I said I joined a gym about a year after I left Timberline and at that particular time in my life, I had just suffered three, you know, pretty significant losses in my life. My dad had just died. Two weeks later, my dog died. And then two weeks later, one of my lifelong best friends died, all three from mm-hmm. cancer. And I was literally in a catatonic state. Yeah. It, it was more than I could process. And so... What I found was that through the the gym that I joined was a cardio kickboxing gym. So I was able to hit the bags and, you know, get out some of that, all of that. Mm. And so I do believe that that still is something that's a piece that's important to me. Mm. That's that's a good way for me to work through Mm. things is, I don't know, moving your body. Yeah, but in a in an aggressive and violent way, I guess. Well, I mean, sadness, I mean, so much of the way sadness shows up is anger. Right. And that might be what has happened. You know, it needs to get out and that's the way you are able to process. Right. Yeah. So I think that that is a little piece of this. Um, And that's why I think I, I haven't, I continue to, to train in, in those particular martial arts and why I want to keep doing it because it it relieves something in me, right? If that makes sense, it does. So That's amazing. the The fifty factor for sure. Um, it's 
proving to not only myself, but to other women specifically, that's something I really feel a calling, um, that nothing's impossible. I, uh, mm. because I certainly at times felt like what I was trying to do was impossible, yeah. but I did it. And so breaking through that barrier personally and kind of setting an example for women in my age bracket who, you know, it's hard. Middle age, being middle-aged is hard. Your body changes. Things don't, you can't just say, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds. Boom. It, it doesn't work that way. Think your body changes a lot. And so mm. I think we're pretty hard on ourselves and sometimes get discouraged and or give up. Or, even. Yep. Totally give up. Just right. settle into that. Um, mindset of, well, I can't do that anymore. So I'm not going to do it and just settle for a sedentary life. Um, So that's something that's really important to me just. Mm. And and of course, showing that to my daughters and my stepdaughter that, hey, you can do do, really literally you can do anything that you want to do. Yeah. And it's it's such an inspiring thing for me to watch because You've always just walked through life no, with all the hard things that happened and have shown up. Like you've always had this like confidence in you, e- even though there were body image stuff. Like there's yes. always been like body image stuff, but you definitely radiate like this confidence and seeing you step into a training like this and really just seeing how far can I go? Like what can, how far can I push myself? Right. Has made me, me feel so inspired and kind of like looking at my body as like more of like this machine, like how, how strong can I get? I'm a, yeah. like, I'm a big soul and I need a big body to like carry, carry that. On. Yep. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie. I do have body image issues as as we all as do. <laughs> most women do. And that's a daily that's a daily struggle, but you know, I I want to have a strong body so that when I'm 75 years old, I don't need someone to push you around. Push me around or, <laughs> you know, set me on the toilet. I want to I want to be able to you know, withstand a fall or whatever. And and I yeah. can do that. And that's exciting to know that even at 50, you can you modify can have your some, body, yeah. you can build muscle, you can, you know, build gro- uh, bone mass, it, it, all these things are possible. So yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, so like going back, because I just want to be able to paint a like a bigger picture of who you are and kind of some of the things you have been through. Um, you were a young mom. Yep. Like you said, you had me at, is it 20? Yep. I was 20. 20 years old and you were with my dad. Yes. We were newly married. Um, I think you were nine months old when we got married. So you were 18 when you met yep. dad and how did you guys meet each other? So we did, we were in, in a rehab facility together I was 18. That's what dreams are made I know, of. it's so romantic. Yeah, so romantic. Um, I mean, I was a wild child. I yeah. I was rebellious and got into things that, you know, l- only lead you down one road. And fortunately, I guess, the, the, the good part is, by the time I was 18, I was ready for a change. And yeah. I... I 
willingly went to rehab. So mm, that's amazing. I don't think there are many 18 year olds in the world that would do that. Yeah. And then your dad, I mean, he was seven, eight years older than me. And we just, you know, the thing that always that that drew me to your dad was his sense of humor. That was that was the connection. And we just had so much fun together and had a friendship that that grew into something else. So, mm. um, and it's, it, I, I can see being, you obviously met in rehab. So you're both in like kind of like this low place, but also this place of transformation. Right. And that can be a really neat time to meet someone yeah. as yeah. weird as that sounds. Yeah. And like that it is when be. my life changed because I, it, you know, I walked away from people and places and, and I never went back. So it's amazing. Yeah. And then, he and I started a life together, um, you know, got pregnant with you, decided, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to have a baby. And um, so, yeah, I guess we got married in September and then... September 15th, yes. which is mine and high's anniversary, oddly. Yep. We didn't do it on purpose, but hey-oh, yep. that's okay. It's cool, I think. <laughs> it it is cool. I love it. Um. And then three months later, so in December, actually, on your first birthday, he had a brain aneurysm that basically, I, I, I mean, it's a long story, but to condense it, he, he suffered brain damage. He was in a coma for a very long time, had brain surgery, and when he came out of things, he had lost his short-term memory, which meant he didn't know who I was. He didn't know, he didn't have those memories. Um, Basically, I remember them telling me up to three years is stored in that part of the brain. And so you're like, well, shit. Yeah, that was our whole relationship. So Mm. um, that was certainly one of the most difficult life altering experiences. Absolutely. I was so young. So you were 20? Well, I I was 21 when that happened. Can you kind of tell me or tell the listeners and me um, selfishly? I I love hearing just the details of this, but like leading up. So you have this baby. It's right after Christmas. You guys are home when this happened. Well, we actually had been at my mom and dad's house um, with your dad's parents, my parents, siblings, you know, we had a big family birthday party for you. Mm. And your dad had been experiencing these really, really severe headaches for, I'd say, three weeks leading up to this and had been to the doctors, actually been to the emergency room, um, diagnosed with migraines. And so he had medication that he was taking. And that particular night, during the party, he was in so much pain, he he just spent the entire night laying down in my mom and dad's room because wow. he was very, very uncomfortable. And then at some point said, I need to go home. He so just felt sick. He felt sick, yep. And so we went home, put you down. He went to bed. I was still awake. If or, Do you want to hear the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. No, go okay. ahead. Go for it. Yeah. It's still it. hard to talk about. And it was, you know, right. almost 30 years Thank ago. Thank you for talking <gasps> about it. Um, I just remember hearing him 
kind of moaning and he was very restless in bed and I went in to check on him and he said, I, I need to take a shower, you know, I guess thinking that that would provide some relief yeah, and comfort. I get it. You know, sometimes a hot shower helps. And so I, he went into the bathroom, got into the shower Mm. and just literally minutes later, I heard a loud crash and Mm. I went into the bathroom and we had a big clawfoot tub shower and he had fallen and was laying in the tub, <clears throat> excuse me, having a seizure. Oh, so, so scary. Yeah, it was really terrifying. Um, I just keep having to go back to you were 21 years old. With a baby. With a baby. Yeah. It, so I called 911, um, called my parents, called his parents. And what I remember of the of that evening is he kind of came out of his seizure and I don't know how. I mean, your dad was over six feet tall. I got him into some sort of clothing and mm-hmm. on the couch. Getting him like ready to go to the hospital or and, something. Yeah. Because he was naked from showering. Right. Yep. And- I don't I don't really have much memory as to how I did that. No, but, I bet it like blacked you know, out a little bit. Yeah. So as we were waiting for the ambulance, which seemed like it took forever, um, I just remember him. He came out of it. He was lucid and he looked at me and he said, I'm dying. Oh. Um, how can you even hear that? Like, I bet that was just like, well, I thought he, I mean, yeah, I didn't know what was happening. I had absolutely no idea what was happening. Yeah. So I was waiting for my parents to come because you called them because you were in bed. You were a you know a one year old. You were in bed, and so the ambulance came and took him, and I had to wait until my parents came right. to stay with you so I could go to the hospital. So they that happened. Um. My mom stayed at the house with you. My dad took me to the hospital. Your other grandparents had shown up. Your Aunt Meg was there. Everyone was there. Everyone was there. And I, you know, I remember the paramedics. They they kept asking if he was taking any particular medication. And he was. And they, they're, what they expressed to me was they thought that he had possibly overdosed. And that's what was happening. And so that's really what was in my mind as... You're like, oh, he just overdosed. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I, that's what I... That was the worst case scenario. And so wow. um, when they finally did come out, he was unconscious. He actually... I, I skipped over that part. The minute the paramedics walked into our place, he lost consciousness. Wow. And wasn't conscious again for weeks oh so really literally the last thing that he said to me was I'm dying yep as yep as the person that I knew yeah oh wow um I've never so yeah I remember waiting and waiting and it's middle of the night and they finally came and told us what had happened and just I, I just went into shock. Um, yeah. And I think I was in shock for a very, very long time. Like how long? Months. Yeah. Just months. Um, and so he was in, he was unconscious for like 
um, weeks? Well, they kept what what they did was they he had swelling in his brain oh. and and so I remember they had to and fluid I think I just remember they had tubes you know they had to release the pressure in his brain they couldn't do anything they couldn't right do surgery it was or, too swollen yes and... and so that was several days of waiting for the swelling to go down it happened on the 27th he didn't have actual surgery until New Year's Eve so four days wow and again it's all just yeah. it's so fresh but so surreal right um I remember walking alongside the hospital gurney as he was being taken into surgery and I remember the nurses saying honey you should you should come with us you should say your goodbyes um Mm -hmm. you know there's a really good chance he's not going to make it through the surgery Mm -hmm. so that yeah that was very Jesus intense and again at 21 with a new baby not really (laughs) equipped to deal with all of that but yeah I had a really good family and good support around me and thank god um and so after that it kind of is blurry as far as time frame but I I do remember the when he finally came out of it um and woke up and just I remember thinking to myself I can deal with anything. I can deal with him having to learn how to walk again. I can learn, you know, deal with how him. to talk again. All of those like, things, yeah. you know. Um, he was my best friend. And so I, I just I couldn't wait for him to be awake. So you I could, could know just what you were working with. Look at him and be like, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to this is going to be OK. And, you know, what happened is he woke up and he was gone like he didn't know who I was and he didn't know what year it was and and that was that was probably the biggest blow to me like because I'd held on to this I can get through anything as long as he's as long as he's awake and we're together exactly and so wow that was just really 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 difficult yeah (laughs) and I, I wanted you to share that story because one, like selfishly, I want to hear more and understand more always. Um, but I just, I see how that moment and that experience, your whole world was flipped. Totally. And yeah. you're s- literally starting over again. You had just started over in yeah. rehab. Yeah. <clears throat> and a year and a half later, two years later, you're starting over again like how do you do that right how do you do that yeah and did you move back home or what did you well I didn't at first um ultimately yes I I did go home um and lived with my parents for about a year and I think the the one of the other great challenges of that situation was okay this is my husband but he's not my husband anymore. And if I were to be with him, I would be his caregiver, basically. Yeah. Because that's what he needed. And lots of rehab. And not only 
did everything that I thought was safe and stable. Um, not, not only did everything get turned upside down and, but then I had all this guilt. Like if I don't, if I don't stay with him, what kind of person does that make me? Yeah. Um, what will so, he do? Yeah. How, yeah. Or what are people going to think of me? Right. I mean, we did just, we'd been married for three months. Yeah. You know, I made vows to someone. Right. And you are like the most loyal person I know. Yeah. So that was a big mess. Right. <clears throat> and then you, so your life has changed. Your yes. life has forever changed. A life that you know has changed forever. So you're like, I have to raise a baby now. Right. Now I have to raise a baby. So dad went off to the campy house. Yeah. He lived in a, you know, a, a care facility for, for quite a while and then ended up moving out to your grandparents' property. I mean, he just needed 24 seven. He needed care. Yeah. He needed care. He was lost. Um, yeah. With, if you can imagine living your life with no short term memory, um, you don't know what you did. 30 seconds ago. Yeah. So if you've, if any of you have like never seen the movie Memento, like that gives you a pretty good. Yeah. Have you seen that mom? Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. he has to write notes. I mean, my and dad, that's how, that's how my dad he functions. Is. Yeah. He has sticky notes all over his entire house and it's just how he is able to exist in the world. Yep. Um, you, we then moved on to just like raise me and, yep. um, I just want to know now, like, how did you find, how did you find any sense of like empowerment or inspiration to like continue forward? Was it just like put on your bootstraps and go because you have this baby or yeah. is that I mean, just I think in that's you? That's an instinct. Yeah. I Well, maybe not for everybody. Most people, most mothers, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's survival. It's, you know, you have that just drive to care for your child and yeah so you know I I wasn't confident and clear-headed by any means I was right. I was dealing with really 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 heavy stuff but right. I was I was able to get myself together get a good job right um you know, move forward, move forward, move forward like you do. Yes. Do you feel like you have been able to use that experience of loss in that kind of way in any way? Like, have you been able to use that in helping people or have you ever been? I mean, it's such a unique situation. That's why I want to bring light to this situation, sure. this experience. Have you have you met people that have gone through anything like this or? Um. Not really. I, I guess my first reaction to that question is, is I feel like it gave me two things. <laughs> One of them is anxiety, <laughs> yes. which I've dealt with my entire life yeah. ever since, honestly, since that, since that moment. incident and compassion. Yeah. Um, I can't say that prior to that, and maybe that's just because I was so young, but I don't think I had the level of compassion that I, yeah. that I do for people and their pain and their suffering. Right. Because you suffered so greatly through that. Is, yeah. that, is that what you mean? Like your experience, yeah. it was yes. so intense. And it was so intense. And so I think I'm able to be very empathetic to others. You are. So 
You're the best. So those are, those are the things that, you know, yeah. two main things I walked away with. Right. Your anxiety has been kind of like this ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's always kind of been there, but there's definitely times where it's like worse than worse. others. Yes. Yeah. And that's a kind of circling back to what we were talking about first. Um, that's where fitness definitely comes into play for me now. Uh, it's a way to manage anxiety. Yeah. It, it certainly it kind of burns it out of me. Yeah. Like I'm so physically exhausted after a workout. I don't have, my body doesn't have the energy to be anxious. Right. <laughs> it um, helps. It helps a lot. Absolutely. Um, I, we've talked quite a bit about just like, you know, we, for those of you who don't know me or my mom personally, but um, for years we've been up on Mount Hood, a uh, small town, small community. And I know you've talked about kind of feeling like you didn't have like that sense of like strong community. Like you had your right. few close friends, one of them who isn't here anymore, but right. it's, you've been talking like about even how... with working out and empowering women and doing these things, like maybe you're going to start building community in your own way of like, and maybe it's coaching, maybe it's doing some type of fitness, you know, have you been thinking about that more of like how you can use your experiences to just really help empower others? Cause you have such yeah, a story. I do, think about it. I do envision. I have a couple things that just kind of ping inside of my brain yeah one of them is yes like offering some sort of fitness support or training to older women um all you know any fitness level let's let's right you know let's move break through that that feeling of i can't and and just start moving and doing something and getting results um i i would love to guide other women in that way um have you ever considered I'm just like piecing this together right this moment for the first time because of what you just said but have you ever thought about going in at that with like an anxiety angle I hadn't <laughs> no but that's good and and that makes yeah. sense because it's been such a constant thing in it's your a life constant thing and I think anxiety held me back from a lot of things too because right. you're just scared, you know, or you, you're so self-conscious or you're so afraid of failure or, you you know, people who have that anxiety brain, you're constantly imagining the worst possible thing that could happen. And right. that does hold you back. And so. it's living, isn't anxiety like future focus? So it's like in when you're having an anxious moment, I've heard that like depression is living in the past. Um, anxiety is living in the future. I don't know if you've heard that. I haven't, but that makes sense. Yeah. 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 There's actually this like picture of like two or wait, yeah, two heads like just drawn out, like facing each other. And it shows like anxiety and it shows it like an arrow pointing back and then depression and an arrow pointing forward. Right. And um, presence is peace. So it's like when you can like the arrow pointing down is like, here I am. Yep. And then you're not scared. Right. <laughs> anymore. Still still working on that. Yeah. Um I love picturing you doing something like that, like working with women with that angle of anxiety because yes. you have experienced it. Yeah. And then kind of the other idea I have, and I don't know what this would look like, but um I'm I'm really pulled to work with women who are victims of domestic violence, who are 
you know, maybe have made the break, excuse me, from the from the relationship and are trying to rebuild themselves. Can we give a little background as to why you'd be interested in doing that? So rewinding again, this is we'll do this a lot in the show because I want to dig. I want to go deeper, obviously dig through the mud. Hello. But let's go back to you married my old stepdad. Yes. Randy. Yep. That's my sister Sasha's dad. And explain, kind of paint the picture of that. Yeah. So a few years after Danielle's dad, you know, had his aneurysm and, you know, I I basically did make the decision to move on with my life, um, right or wrong. That's what I did. And ended up in a relationship with someone that I had actually gone to high school with and you know (laughs) long story short uh, it was a very unhealthy abusive relationship that damaged you know not only myself but my kids and Mm. took a long time for me to break away from yeah for a lot of reasons going back to age too mostly just you know unhealthy uh behavior on my part and being scared and also being young I mean look you were it's the age thing like I'm I'm 29 and I'm like I think of what you've been through and what you've experienced I'm like how the fuck so you I were don't tr- know yeah <laughs> I literally don't know so you were 24 ish when you got um, together well you and Sasha are four and a half four and a half years apart yeah. so yeah Somewhere and it was kind of an on and off you know we give it a go and um there was addiction involved on on his side I'd leave he'd get his shit together you'd be like come back and you know all (laughs) I wanted was to have a family and a healthy relationship and neither of us knew how to do that and so it just failed over and over and over again and right a lot of damage was done yeah to everybody I'm sure so when I finally did break free of that um you know, my head cleared and, and, and I think I'm still working on myself, um, and the, and the damage that was incurred during that relationship. You're, if, and yeah. that was a long time ago. It was. <laughs> still working on it. Always. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I'm so excited to just have this space for us to talk about these kind of things because, I don't believe, I mean, it's cheesy, but it's like, I don't think we're going to arrive to this place of like, I am healed. No. I am perfect. No. It's like, absolutely not. It's not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> we are here to have a human experience and the human experience is fucking messy. Yes. And hard. Yeah. And it's like, I see you right now being, I mean, I have it written on my sheet, reinventing and rediscovering. Yes. At 50. Yep. Like this is like this next beautiful chapter and it's. I I don't know about you, but I just see you as this wise, strong, beautiful, healthy, amazing mom and human. And now's your time to share. Share yeah. your gifts. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I see you doing that. I see with this big thing you just did, like body yeah. stuff. It's like, I'm just excited to see yeah. what you do with it. It's It's really strange to 
I, these are the things that we're talking about. I, I don't typically talk about um, ever. So yeah, there's a certain amount of when you lay it all out there. Yeah. Inside, I'm just kind of going, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, I don't know, there's shame and yeah, it's, it's not pretty and yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to. To share that to with the share world. it with anybody, yeah, let alone <laughs> other than my closest friends, yeah. Um, so this is super, super vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah. And what did you say to me the other day when I asked? Um, I asked you what are what's something you don't you want to talk about but don't, and didn't you say just more meaningful conversations? Yeah. Right. Not a specific topic. Just um, having more meaningful conversations with with a variety of people yeah and I think this is going to be a really good opportunity to connect with someone you don't even know exists out there I know there are people that are going to connect with your story because we all have stories and that's literally how we connect yeah but no one talks about it right that's the thing and that's I don't know I guess I'm kind of at this place in my life now. I'm almost 30. And it's like, what do I want to leave behind? I want to leave behind just like the surfacey conversations. I want to leave behind those conversations about shit that just doesn't fucking matter. The gossip, the bullshit. No, I want to go deep. I want to hear about right. what, what's actually made you the person that you are. Right. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I think there's a time and a place. I mean, I can do the small talk all day long. But yeah, if you're like hosting a party for Steve or right. like there's something like that going on. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah, but to have an opportunity to uh, just do this with yeah. somebody and find similarities or, yeah, you know, be able to support someone or give them hope is is super important to me so Mm, well thank you so much for sharing i love you i love you too um so you're creating a new email my mom has had the same email address (laughs) i can't even tell you what it is you know what i will show you just like part of her email in the show notes because it's funny and kind of an inside joke um but she's going to get a new email address so you will be able to contact her if any part of her story um like if you connected with any of it and you just want to let her know. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I hope that we can just talk again, just yep. keep talking and sharing. And yeah, I've got more stuff we can talk about. You're like, I got plenty of shit I got in here. plenty more. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay, bye. Isn't her story incredible, you guys? Thank you so much for listening. I just love my mom. (laughs) I love her so much. Um, I wanted to remind you guys, please don't forget to go ahead, rate and review the show. If you haven't subscribed, please go over, hit that little beautiful button. That's what's going to help this show get heard. And who knows, maybe there's someone out there who has gone through something very similar to my mom and would really benefit from hearing her story. I think we all benefit from hearing all different types of stories. So please do so. And when you do, uh, just take a screenshot, send it my way. You can send it to my email, hello at dannybolts.com.
gmail.com and I will send you a little goodie. I have some guided meditations that are just for you. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to talk to you next time. All right. Love you. Bye.